We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. The Detroit Lions lose to the Indianapolis Colts 41-21. to On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we're going to talk about that game. Is it over for the Lions or can the Lions bounce back and finish the season strong? Find out on episode 138 of the Pride Podcast. Yo, what is going on guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 138 on the Blue Wire Network. Today's episode is going to be sponsored by Indeed.com. I am your host, Tyler, joined by my main man, as always, Malcolm, man. How you doing today, man? Woo, man. I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Um, This is another unusual place we're at right now. There's no Pierre. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just us. It's us too. Oh man. Yep. So uh, Pierre unfortunately couldn't make it with us today, and maybe he will be with us next episode. We'll see. But let's get into this Detroit Lions versus Indianapolis Colts game. The Detroit Lions fell short in this game. Lost the game forty-one short. to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Should be a little man. nice. Should be a little short, nice. Short. They didn't fell. They fell. God damn it. Yeah, they fell. They fell forty-one. <laughs> 21 against the Indianapolis Colts at home at Ford Field. And now the record drops to three and four after that two game winning streak against Jacksonville and Atlanta. This is their first loss officially after the bye week. So, uh, Malcolm, man, uh, how you doing? You know, about this game, you know, what's what are you feeling? You know, is the season um, over? I mean, what's the vibe right now? I mean, 
he heard me woo. I mean, if I was mad, you know, you know, I wasn't gonna woo. You know, that wasn't gonna happen. But, um, I mean, that was a tough. That was a, they played a tough team, man. I'm not gonna lie, man. I definitely underestimated that defense. That defense is fast as hell, and you're right, man. That defense is fast as you know that front four, the front seven. It's a lot of speed, man, and they gave Stafford and our O line hell. Yeah. <laughs> they gave them they gave them all they could have, man. So do I feel like the season's over? No, I don't feel like the season's over. You know, I think we just played a really tough team and as of this week, I think the better team won this week. Yeah, no, it's fair enough. I mean, you were looking at the six game span coming out of the bye week. This is one of the games where you circle and say, Oh, this one could be the tough game out of the out of the six game span. You know, for me personally, coming from the bye week before the Jacksonville game, I set an expectation if the Lions want to have any chance of salvaging a season, I looked at the big picture. I didn't say this was going to happen, but I said if they wanted any chance of making the playoffs, I thought their best chances coming out of the bye week with that six-game span was to go 5-1. and one. I think the Lions now have gotten that loss, and now they can't really afford anymore, in my opinion, in these next four games. So is the season over? No, it's not over. You know, the Lions got... A big piece coming in next game with Everson Griffin. Lost a few big pieces in this game, which we'll get into. But, I mean, there's a lot of things to break down in this game. We can start off with the offense. You mentioned the offensive line. You mentioned Indy's defense. I mean, the Detroit Lions offense. This game was a train wreck. The Detroit Lions offense just never really got going. You know, the first half. Awful. Yeah. Yeah, they got the 7-0 lead to start off the game. But you can credit the special teams. We'll get into that, too, later. But, I mean, the first half was disgusting, dude. I mean, I don't think we even got 100 yards of offense. We hardly even had time to run the, uh, any plays because the Indianapolis Colts killed the time of possession in the first half. And the offense was just not staying on the field. It, it wasn't like the defense was, you know, giving up a bunch of yards or, you know, just giving up long drives. It wasn't even that. It was the offense just not being able to stay on the field, a bunch of three and outs. Or, you know, maybe a first down and then a punt. Like, it was just disgusting, dude. The play calling was nasty. I'll kick it off to you, Malcolm. I mean, like, what's up, what's up with this offense? Fucking um, bevel. Dude, it's just not <laughs> gelling together. I mean, this was something fucking where... Fucking bevel, man. What kind of question is that? It's fucking bevel. I mean, this was something where you're going into the season, you're thinking, if the Lions have any chance of, I don't know, winning a division or making a playoff spot, if anything was going to happen... It would have to come from the offensive standpoint. You know, it wasn't going to come from the defense. The offense has been a train wreck essentially all year so far. I mean, we've played a whole half now of football. And the Detroit Lions offense is just not gelling together. And it's not like there's like some huge injury that's holding us apart. I mean, I guess you could say Kenny Galladay missing the first two games and missing majority of this game. But you have all the pieces. I mean, this was the depth we were raving about this offseason. What the hell is going on with this offense? I'm gonna kick it off to you, man. Yeah, man. I, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear Kenny Galladay as an excuse. Kenny Galladay no, is not an excuse because we have too much talent. We have first round tight end. Yeah, he's out there. You know, he's a big weapon. I mean, we have weapons. We got Marvin Jones. We got T.J. Hawk. You know, we got Swift in the backfield. We have a lot of weapons. So I don't. It's not like we're 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 lacking of talent. Okay. Um, you're right. That time of possession was absolutely disgusting and. Bevel need to look himself in the mirror and say, like, well, what the fuck am I doing? And the reason why I say that is because in the second quarter, when it was at the 1036 mark, the second quarter, the time of possession 
was 15:27, 15 minutes and 27 seconds to Indianapolis Colts. And the, that's that's only a quarter and what two minutes? Yep. They they had 15 minutes and 27 seconds of time. The Detroit Lions had three minutes and 51 seconds. Not good. That is that is there is no <laughs> there is no excuse for that. Absolutely no excuse for that. We he came out there and it's like. I don't, I don't, I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Like, you know, you're playing a solid team. You know, you're playing a solid team. So why would you come out there and do the same bullshit that you did last week and the week before and the week before? Adrian Peterson's the backfield. You run the ball. I mean, I know they tried switching up on second down, but fuck, you know, they. It's like they're sniffing the run play and just just gobbling it up. It's like, I mean, I, I, I don't know. And it bothers me because we have a really good. I think we have a really good. We have a lot of talent on our team, and Bevel' lack of creativity is fucking us up. Yeah, I agree, man. I mean, week in and week out, dude. Like I thought after Jacksonville, we saw enough where DeAndre Swift has proven he could be the guy. Um, we've seen it, obviously at the collegiate level at a very elite level, and I take it for what you want to take. That's college, whatever. He comes into the NFL, limited snaps the first five weeks, plays pretty well. Obviously, take out the drop pass, but plays pretty well in those five games. Or four games, sorry. Jacksonville, he gets a bigger opportunity, absolutely killed that opportunity, plays out of his mind in that game, both in the passing and running game. I thought after that Jacksonville game, that was a clear enough sign for this coaching staff to put DeAndre Swift on the field. I mean, what are we doing at this point? Like, what is complicated about in this decision-making right now? Like, is it a tie to Adrian Peterson? It's not like he's under a big contract or something. He's under a one-year deal, and he's 35 years old. You drafted DeAndre Swift in the second round. Like, why are we not using him the right way? I mean, I think in at the end, DeAndre Swift ended up having more carries than Adrian Peterson. But that was all garbage time towards the end when they were already down by 20. And, like, it didn't matter at that point. But I just don't understand, man. Like, the creativity, like you mentioned, has just been not there. And, I mean, it's coming a big problem now. We're in week eight going into week nine. And this offense is just not gelling together. There's – it just doesn't make sense to me. Like you mentioned, there's too much talent for not to be gelling. It, you know, it, I don't really want to say this, man, but – it also it just reminds me of the two the 2018 lines. Yeah. When who was our um, offensive coordinator? Jim Bob. Jim Bob Cooter. That's what this reminds me of, man. This is sad, man. This is not a good feeling. I mean, we seem predictable. I'm at, I'm at, I'm at home on the couch and I'm like predicting this shit. So I already know the the defensive coordinators and the defense, you know, I know already know they're picking up on it. So it's just I don't know, man. They need to be more creative on you know, getting the run game going. They, I I get they want to get the run game going, but yeah, do it in a not obvious way that you're just gonna run the ball to the A cap. Like I just always damn. do always through the gap every single time. <laughs> like, like we don't damn. ever we never do like a draw play. We never go through the edges. They actually stuff. did. They they actually did a draw. They were backed up yeah, they were backed up on their end. Oh, and, and Swift got like, they gave clobbered. Swift a draw. Yeah, they gave <laughs> yeah. Swift a draw, but I mean he got like four yards from it, but still, I mean, you could I don't see no guards pulling. It's just like straight, like come on, like 
I don't, I don't know, man. It's just sad, man, because like I thought this year we'll have a balanced offense. A, you know, I thought we'll have a running game, a, a, a good passing attack. It's like the same bullshit every single year, man. Same bullshit, same, same shit. Yeah, there's always one thing on this team that's just always missing every single year. And it's like always one positive that you think you could take into the next year, but then that department goes down, then the other department rises. Like it's it's always something, you know? It just never as a whole team together gels. And I just don't understand it. Like it just doesn't make really much sense to me. But the running game had a total of twenty nine yards. That's disgusting. Well, the running actually, a total a total of twenty nine yards. That's disgusting. Our lead, um, our lead rusher was Jamal Agnew on the end around play for 11 yards. Who was number two, Stafford? Stafford was number two for 10 yards. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, this is this is pathetic. This is pathetic numbers right here, man. This is they completely shut. They completely made us one dimensional, man. And that's how you lose a game. They made yeah. you one dimensional. They control the time of possession. I mean, that's how you win football games, guys. That that's 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 how you win. I mean, that's what. That, that's what Patricia and them wanted. That's what they want to do for this team. But it's like they just can't do that shit. They want to control the time of possession. They want to run the ball, but they just can't do the shit. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that falls on, you know, the personnel that's on the field or, you know, the game planning. Like, I don't know what it really falls on. I, I mean, I think the personnel is fine. I mean, it seems fine. Like, th- these are good football players, but, like, it's just not gelling together. I don't know if, uh, I mean, I you have to assume it just falls on, you know, the playbook and, like, the type of run schemes they're you know drying up. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I don't know. I mean, we're not inside the huddle. We don't know what kind of run plays they're like drawing up, unless you know from what we're seeing on TV. So, you know, you just got to go what you see on TV, and and for the most part, it's just runs up the a gap and not really much of anything else. So it's not really creative at all. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I and the thing that worries me a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit, is that um everybody knows that the NFL is a copycat league, and what I'm afraid is that teams are going to look at this film and say, huh, this is, how you do, this is how you can stop the Detroit Lions. Yeah, and actually, this is a fun fact, and this is not a good fact at all, and you hope this doesn't repeat history, but I actually looked back in the last two years of the Matt Patricia era, it was both week eight where we got figured out and our identity completely collapsed after that point. So 2018, it was Seattle Seahawks. They figured out a game plan against the Detroit Lions offense, got exposed, I mean, and then it was it went completely south from there. Yeah. Twenty nineteen, we played the Minnesota Vikings at home. Figured out the game plan. It was more against the defense than the offense because the offense was good last year, and then Stafford got hurt, whatever. But in twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen, it was Minnesota figuring out what defense you know, or what offense to run against the Detroit Lions defense, and that got completely exposed, and it was a total train wreck after that. Now you're just kind of seeing a little bit. I mean, maybe this was the game where. Did they get exposed? I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we have to wait for the future games and see how they play out. But it, you hope, yeah, you just hope history doesn't repeat. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a little. It's gonna, it might be a little bit tough because teams don't have that personnel that Indianapolis Colts have. No, they don't. To to do that because they have a really they have a really good front seven, man. I mean, yeah, they have a great run stuff from DeForest Buckner, obviously, yeah. and then their guys are just all speedy in their front seven. I mean, yeah. speed. I mean, even Justin Houston at his age is still speedy. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, he gave us, he gave our tackles hell. Yeah. Uh, mainly Vitae. Dude, and that's another thing that pissed me off. Mm-hmm. I know you, I know you were on the, the train of we have to give Vitae an opportunity at right tackle and whatever, but 
you know me, man. I've wanted Crosby out there until he he messes up. Then I'm willing to take him out. Why, but, I mean, what happened with him at guard? Why, why did they move him from guard? I thought he played solid at guard. No, he wasn't bad. Like in the Atlanta game, he looked pretty well at guard, and you know Jacksonville, he was okay. Jacksonville was great. He, yeah, he was a big big reason for those that fifty yard, fifty three yard run from um, Swift. Yeah, he was a big he was a big part of that. Yeah, so I, I just don't understand. Like when you won two games in a row, and this kind of goes back to what Glover Quinn was saying. You remember like. Just follow the trend, what you're doing, if it's working. If you're, if it's not working, then, you know, obviously adjust, switch it up. But if it's working, why are we messing it up? The offensive line play was really good in the last two weeks. Granted, we didn't play the same type of front sevens we played this week. Like, I know that. But I just want to know, what was the thought process of switching it up in this game? Like, where did they think they had a better chance of maybe Joe Dawn, Vitae, instead of taking out a guy that was actually playing very well in Terrell Crosby all year. I know he played 15 snaps yesterday and wasn't the greatest 15 snaps, but I'm not going to discredit him or, you know, bash on him for that because, I mean, it was later in the game. He wasn't, you know, expecting to start, I guess. But, I mean, he has played better, yes. But I just don't understand the thought process of taking out a guy like Terrell Crosby out of the starting lineup when the offensive line was not an issue at all. It makes zero sense to me. Yeah, I mean, it, more of just taking on Crosby is why did they shuffle the shit? Like, why did they put Vitae back at tackle? Why did they bring in Joe Dahl? Why did they just stick to shit that was working? That's what I'm saying. Just stick to the front five that's working. If something's messing up and you won the game, let's say they won the game in Atlanta, but the offensive line play was just not good. I, I understand maybe a little bit. But the offensive line play in the last two weeks were good. It was very good. I mean, there was no need for a shuffle, in my opinion, at all. Yeah. So. I I, uh, I don't know. Um, it's, it's just frustrating. Like, I know you paid Big V to be your right tackle. I know you gave him the money, and Terrell Crosby's on a rookie deal. But, like, I don't care what Big V or Terrell Crosby makes. I just want the best five out there. Like, if we're going from a money standpoint, should the Seattle Seahawks just rolled with Matt Flynn because he was making more money than Russell Wilson? Like, you don't just do that because he's making more money. Like, just play your best players, you know? That's just me. Yeah. I mean, I think I think Vitae guard is probably the best play, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, he, he gets the run game going a little bit. I mean, his pass pro wasn't bad. I mean, he wasn't playing bad out of the guard position. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have kept him there, but I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Want to take a quick break, and then we'll talk about this defense? Yeah, let's, let's, let's do that. All right. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there's no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides you powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsor jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely results in higher, with 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed's going to give you the important hire you need. Just like they have over the 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com 
slash blue wire this is their best available offer anywhere go right now go to indeed.com slash blue wire football is back in full swing you might not be at a game this year but you can still be in on all the action at bet online bet online is going an extra mile to make sure you get every possible chance to win this season from game spreads and totals to teams, players, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonus today and start wagering on wins, divisions, and championship features all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all their great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget, use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys, we are back now here to talk about the Lions defense versus the Indianapolis Colts offense. And you look on paper, yeah, they give up 34 points. And it doesn't look pretty at all. But this is me. You could tell me if I'm wrong. Let me know. You're wrong. I'm just playing. Go ahead. <laughs> I thought the defense, not going to say played great or played good, but I thought they played well enough to win the game. And that's weird for me to say after giving up 34 points, right? I don't know, man. Like, I thought the defense did its job. I mean, you saw opportunities when they just weren't gassed and the offense, you know, sustained a drive or coming out of the half. The, the Lions defense was balling. Three, two three and outs to start the second half. Um, start the game. I don't think it was a three and out, but it was a quick punt. Um, second drive, I mean, they blocked the punt. I mean, the defense was getting the Colts offense off the field. They were playing well. They had a very stupid mistake in either later end of the first quarter, early end of the second quarter, when Danny Shelton got that stupid personal foul call and that just kind of collapsed almost a little bit. The team almost collapsed a little bit after that and then revived a little bit towards entering the second half. And then, you know, the Stafford pick happened and it was just hit after that. But um, I don't know. I thought the defense played well. They stopped the run. For the most part, in the beginning, at the end of the game, I mean, towards the end, the Colts were running the ball pretty well with Wilkins and and uh, Naeem Hines. But for the majority of the part, I thought the defense played okay. Like, I thought they played well enough to win the game. What about you? I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. And as far as the running game, giving up those, those rushing yards, I'm surprised those boys, you know, lasted as long as they did because they should have been gassed from being on the field so goddamn much. They still came out there and they held their own. You know, they stopped the run. Jonathan Taylor did absolutely nothing. They completely made him a bench guy. He couldn't get nothing going on, on, on the running game. I believe he got hurt as well, but I'm not. He got hurt? I saw him. I have him on fantasy football, and they changed his status to questionable. So <laughs> Questionable because his ass was being <laughs> getting killed. That's why. But no, yeah, but he, he they, they, they completely shut down Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I mean, towards the end of the game, I, I just I think those guys were just gassed. They played well, well enough to win. I mean, I think if we had a situation where we had our offense clicking with our defense, I think this is a this is a game that we could have won. But fucking Bevel. Yeah, I mean, you look at when the game, to, you know, completely took a turn. Was actually the Lions were driving. It was twenty to fourteen Colts. Lions defense had two big stops on defense, and then the Lions offense comes. They're actually having a pretty nice drive going. 
They get past the 50-yard line. They're in the Colts 35, I want to say, around that range, maybe even a little closer. And then you had the strip sack by Darius Leonard. Then, you know, the Lions defense gives up a touchdown. It was the Justin Coleman pass interference. They got the – they punched in for a touchdown. Okay, first play, Lions throw pick six, and then that's just like when the game just – done it was over at that point essentially like yeah they kind of kept the game a little bit i mean they made a big play to marvin hall and i don't know whatever but after that strip sack it's just when the game completely took a different turn and yeah i mean like you mentioned the defense was playing well i mean to start the second half they had some juice the offense scored a, the, a quick touchdown it did. And, and then defense got two three and outs and the lines had a nice drive going again looked like they're about to take the lead strip sack and then i mean the game was essentially over at that point. I mean, yeah. Lions defense was gassed at that point. I mean, if the Lions could, uh, you know, kept the drive going a little bit longer, maybe the game is still alive. But it, it was, I don't know. I thought the defense played well, though. Yeah, they did. And um, you, you brought up that strip sack a lot. I want to talk about um, the miscues from this game. And there was a lot of them, a lot of key moments that we shot ourselves in the foot. And the first the first miscue that, that I think we need to definitely got to clean up is is, is drops. Mm-hmm. We're dropping the ball too, too much. I mean, we you didn't see too many drops, but you, you did see that that Kenny Galladay dropping. I think it was our first drive that Safford threw a little bit low, but it was a very catchable ball. Just he didn't catch it. Maybe it's his hip. I don't know what it was, but we got to catch the ball. With that, Matt Prater. I mean, that's another yeah, another was- guy who's it's, it's shocking because we were so. I think we. I guess I could say we were spoiled, spoiled because um. We we saw him as an automatic, like he was automatic. Like every time he came on the field, like oh, there's th- there's there's three. You know now when he's on the field, now we gotta hold our breath. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta we gotta we, you know it's not he's not missing automatic no more, man. He's he's missing from all over the field. We first thought it was just fifties, but now it's forty eights. It's this, it's that. I mean, in the second, you know, Stafford got them in position. Yeah, and in the first half, Stafford got them in field goal range. And uh, that's three three points we left off the board because he he missed the field goal. And um, another miscue is, is is Matthew Stafford. You know I'm not gonna leave out Matthew Stafford. You know Matthew Stafford had two big oh's I would say um, that led to led to points. You know Stafford's got he got he has to do better. And Stafford knows that. But he was like that off, that defensive line they were they were putting a lot so much pressure on him that it's not just all on him. But yeah. I mean, he missed some passes too, like the one played uh, Marvin Hall. He, I think he thought he had Kenny Gallagher in that play or something. Yeah, we threw it to the sideline and yeah. the ball. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, that's a first down right there. That's a first down. Yeah. I mean, he he, he threw another um, high pass to Hawkinson. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, that happens. Obviously, it, missed it, it, it happens. I happen. mean, it, it happens. You know. But he was not perfect last or yesterday. I mean, he was. I mean, he gave, the, it, he gave it his all. I'll say that he he played his ass off. He gave it his all, but yeah, I mean the pick six was completely on him. Terrible read, terrible call. But yeah, I I, I think honestly, feel like he didn't see that guy. I just don't know. I mean, like that's just some things that, that's just some things that just can't happen at that point in the game. And you know, Stafford knows that obviously. I mean, he's an eleven year veteran. That's just something that can't happen at that you know point in the game. Your defense just gave a, uh, a touchdown up. After your strip sack or the team strip sack, it wasn't the strip sack wasn't really on him itself. It was more on the offensive line play. You know, he tried to escape and he almost escaped. And honestly, looking at the all twenty-two, if he escaped that, that maybe is a touchdown. I mean, it's at least a twenty-yard play to T.J. Hawkinson. But I mean, you know, you he saw didn't get away. He, he was wide open. Hawkinson was wide open. Marvin Hall was in a flat route out of bounds. I mean, 
they could have went a lot of different routes that way. Hawkinson was wide open though in the middle of the field. Damn. So that sucks. Knowing yeah. that, knowing that kind of hurts. No, I mean he. I don't think he scores on that play, but we're getting at least a twenty-yard play in that. It's definitely a first down. Yeah. And the drive continues, and the Lions probably take the lead, and it is what it is. But I mean, now you're looking at this team. We're halfway through the season. We're sitting at three and four. I mean, what do you overall think of this team now? Is just is just the team that I thought we were going to the year. Are they better? I mean, because you know me, I, I thought they were six and ten, seven and nine team. Are they better than that expectation to you right now? Yeah, yeah, I think they're better than that. I think they're borderline seven to nine, eight and eight, eight and eight around there. But like, if they pull off a, a, a game against a good team that they play, they only have a couple of those games, and there's not too many. But they could pull one of these games, like the Titans, the Bucks, Packers. Yeah, they the could Bears. pull. Fuck the Bears, man. They're so bad to me, man. I think they're so trash. But, their def- their defense playing well. That's the difference between a different uh, day, Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't consider them good, man. That's I really good. don't. I really don't. But um, <laughs> yeah, the the, the Packers. They could pull up a win against the Packers. You know, one of those good teams. You know, maybe they could go nine to seven. Maybe they could go ten to six. You never know. You know, depending on if they could go beat multiple of those teams. Yeah, I but, mean, they obviously have to win every game that they need to win. First of all. And then you have to get into that conversation of winning one of those big December games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right now they're what three and four, so they lose two more that win the rest, ten and six. I mean, so they if they do that, they have to like I don't know their offense. will have to pull a three sixty like our defense did. Yeah, um, and I don't. I just don't know because I, I don't know. Maybe Bevel looks himself in the mirror and say, "What worked in twenty nineteen? I know you. I know you got to change shit." To make yourself not like do the same shit, but shit. At this point, we're just asking for the same shit right now, Bevel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do the same shit you did in 2019. Yeah. So you look at the big picture now, and you know we take it week to week. We're gonna do our previews, obviously, in all these games. But you look at the big picture. I didn't ask you this question after the bye, or you know after the bye week. So now you look at the, these next four games. You got Minnesota on the road. You got Washington coming at home. And then you got Carolina on the road, and then you got the Texans on Thanksgiving. Do you agree with me? Do they have to go four and zero in these next four games to stay relevant? Four and zero. I think they could. I think they could go three and one and, and be okay. Three and one would be okay. You think? Yeah, they go three and one. They'll be okay. Okay. Yeah, go, they probably have to win one of those big December games. They just gotta win. They just gotta. They just can't. Yeah, they have to win. If they want to do something and at least get to the playoffs, or if you want to talk about the division, they have to beat one of these teams. They have to beat. They have to beat either the Bucks. They have to beat the Titans. They have to beat, you know, the 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 Carolina Panthers. I mean, Carolina Panthers. I don't think they have a winning record right now. No, they're still they're tough. They're still they're a tough team. Tough team. They're kind of like the the Texans, in my opinion. I think the Texans are another tough team. I think the Falcons were like one of those tough teams that just like are going to give you a game. Yeah. So, I mean, for me personally, like I want to believe so hard in this team. Like I want them to succeed. It's just getting very difficult like i agree i think they're like i I kind of agree like i i think they're they are what they are like i don't think they're a great team i don't think they're a bad team i think they're just middle of the pack and average team and i could actually see them winning these next four games because of the level of competition we're playing we'll get into that when we do our previews whatever but you know like um, if i want to talk about playoffs i just like hard to talk playoffs right now like it's just difficult for me because Every time it seems like we play a good coaching staff or a good team, it's always like some type of collapse. 
uh, the Saints game, the Packers game, shit, the Bears game, week one. Um, I mean, besides for the Cardinals game, I mean, like that's like the only game that they ended up finishing out. But I want to believe in this team, but it's just coming very difficult for that to happen. If we're talking playoffs right now, like I, I just I can't see it right now. But could it happen? Maybe. I mean, these next you know few games are going to be really huge in determining that. But we just got to take a week to week at this point. You know, we'll talk about that as we get closer. If we lose to Minnesota next week, you'll see a way more angry out of me, and I, th- <laughs> and I think I think you'll see an angrier Malcolm as well. If we you lose might see, you might see you might see angry Malcolm. We haven't seen we haven't seen angry Malcolm since what twenty eighteen. Oh, I mean the Saints game. You're pretty angry. The Saints came out pretty angry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I'll, I'm real. I'll get, yeah, I'll get big mad if. Yeah. If they lose to the Vikings, I think the season's essentially over. I know they'll be three and five, and then they still have some games. But if they lose to the Vikings, I, I'm essentially losing hope. But we'll get into that if that happens. And you don't want to see that. You don't want to see that happen. So. You no, don't, don't want to see that. <laughs> All right. Since Peter's not here, Malcolm, you got the, the right, the honor to do Baller of the Week. Oh shit! And he, he didn't text in time, so you are the guy. Oh not man, the so spot. it's me. Okay, put so putting me on the spot. Baller of the week. Oh no, this is hard. I don't know how Pierre does this every week. Um, especially the Lions. Yeah. Um, the guy who I'm picking for baller of the week. This is kind of hard. I can't even. I can't even go with a. I can't go with a single person. I'm just gonna give it to the whole. Let me get. I'll, I'll say the front three, and that's um. That's 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 Pacini, that's Williams, Nick Williams, and that's my guy, my guy Danny Shelton. That, I think that wall, call him the wall of Detroit. Um, the big fuckers. <laughs> the, the big fuckers. Are they 2. replacing 0. H on it? Are they replacing H on it? Two I think they played a hell of a game. Danny Shelton, his big ass got a sack. You know, I, I, I like what. Don't get me back to that sack. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like what I see from them. The, the 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 front three, I guess. Yeah, the, that works. Oh, Let me play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. All right, uh, for my oopsie doopsie of the week, I'm going with the. This is very easy. Uh, it was Daryl Bevel in the offense in general. I think the whole offense, like everyone, deserves a a blame for this offense. It's not just the play calling. It was the execution from the players. I mean, they straight up just didn't execute the game plan. The game plan was kind of trash in general, but. So Joe Bevel is leading the, the the boat on this, but I'm giving it to everyone on offense that played on this. So like the offensive line was disgusting. They're right behind him. Um, and then like Matthew Stafford, I mean, I hate to do it, but he wasn't very sharp. His numbers look good, but very crucial mistakes towards the end of the game that really cost us the game. So the whole offense in general deserves the oopsie doopsie of the week. And um, I don't know if that's on Daryl Bevel or if that's on Matt Patricia, but whatever it is, it just needs to be fixed and cleaned up. So um, they're the oopsie doopsie this week. So it's, it's it's definitely Bevel. I don't know what the fuck he's doing, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he definitely. I mean, he's the he's the play caller. So he's the he's the lead sheep. But all right, we have some voicemails. It's Monday, so let's get into that. Malcolm told me I think we have ten plus calls this week, so. Yeah, we have a we have a big we have a, a big lineup today. So we made the episode a little shorter for us talking because we want to get into more of the voicemails, obviously. So let's get into that. Cause some came in the mail today. These nuts, <laughs> got him. <he. laughs> 
Got him. <laughs> All right. You guys know how it is. You guys called. We have answers. Let's go to the very first call. Uh, voicemail. Hey, guys. Uh, Jeff again. Trying to keep this one short after I got cut off last week. But, um, you know, it's... Uh, that one, that one sucked. And at, uh, at this point, I don't know, even if, even with the easy schedule, I don't think I want the Lions to make the playoffs. And I don't say that because I want them to tank, but I, I say that to avoid the embarrassment. Um, you know, you look at our four losses, Chicago, Green Bay, the Saints, and now Colts. Um, those are all teams that if the Lions make the playoffs and if they do good in the playoffs, they could all match up against it, either in the wild card divisional or in the Super Bowl, which I don't think either the Colts or the Lions obviously aren't going to make that. Um, but I mean, we would get, we, you know, we'd get beat by all of them and three out of four of those probably pretty handily. Um, I criticized the, the offensive play calling on Tyler's, uh, halftime post, but looking back on it, I think the Detroit just ran into a smoking hot defense. Or, uh, yeah, Detroit ran into a hot defense. Um, you know, and it, it kind of frustrates me. It's like, why can't Detroit rush anywhere from four to six and get pressure on the quarterback? Uh, there's times Detroit rushes six or seven, and they don't even generate a hurry. So um, optimism is uh, back to an all-time low, and I don't um, – I don't know. I don't know where to go from here, other than other than down at this point. I, I, even with the, like I said, even with the easy schedule, it's just not much hope after a loss to a, you know, to the Colts. Yeah, I mean, thanks for the call again. But you know, it, it was a sucky loss. I mean, they got their asses whooped by Indy. Yeah. It was a twenty. It was a twenty-point loss, and just things weren't clicking. Um, yeah, and he made a very good point. It's like very like you get so jealous when you watch other teams get pressure to the quarterback when they rush four or five guys. And they get there so quickly, and we'll like send essentially everybody. Sometimes the quarterback still has time to make a decision or a read, and it's just like that's wow. how I feel when I, when I watch Pittsburgh. When I watch Pittsburgh, yeah, teams, like that's Pittsburgh how I feel. or like last year San Francisco. Like you know, when you watch those teams, it's just like you get jealous, and you're like, damn, why can't we do this type of stuff? They have a lot of elite. They have a elite edge rusher. That's why. It's not even like the like it's just speed, man, and it's like something that we really lack is speed off the edge. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. But one thing I'll have to disagree um, with Jeff on this one: people, I don't know why everybody keeps like I know they say that we can't be good teams, we can't be good teams, but I don't know why people neglect to 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 realize that we beat the the Arizona Cardinals this year. Yeah, I mean that's a good team, yeah. I mean, I, I, I just don't understand. Like, every time they're like, oh, we can't be a good team, but we beat Arizona Cardinals. So It's like doing it at a consistent level, I think they're Consistent meaning. level, I, I get I mean, it. We need to, I mean, beating a good team, like, yeah, give yourself props for that, obviously. But, like, what are we against good teams this year? Our team's about 500, 1-4. One and four? Like, one of, one of, one of, one of four. I'll yeah, say. so it's, like, not a good record, you know? It, it's, it's not. Voicemail. Hey, guys. What's going on? After this game, I don't know what to think, uh, Awful performance, uh, Sergeant Stafford, man. Uh, the stats show he played pretty good. I, I just don't think he, he was there today mentally. I mean, that pick six was something. It fumbled. Run defense was solid. Offensive line was awful. Pass defense. We made Phillip Rivers look like Russell Wilson this year. I don't know what to think. We know the next four games are more likely in our favor with the Vikings. We seem to be pretty tough after beating Green Bay. But then having the football team, Panthers, I, I don't really know what to think. I know 
we could probably win those games, but we know we're not that good. I don't think we could do it. No. Look like that's it. Yeah. He just sounds worried. I mean, you have every right to be. I mean, it's just a team that it's just proved that they can't win a string of games more than two. I mean, so far, I mean, it's just what could they do now? I mean, it's going to be how do they respond to this? I say this every week. How do they do respond? It, give, to give, pers- yeah, give, give us some words of encouragement, Tyler. Go ahead. I mean, words of encouragement. <laughs> I can't because like I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, yeah, these next four games are winnable and I can see them going four and all, but I could still see a, ser- a scenario maybe where they go one and three or two and two. Like I could. Actually, oh shit. Don't say that. Like it's very possible. Like this football team could do one it. One and three. From this schedule that's coming up, yeah, they I mean, I'm not. I'm not. That's not my prediction. That's not my prediction. But like, I could see anything. Like, I, nothing would surprise me. Four and zero wouldn't surprise me. Three and one wouldn't surprise me. Two and two wouldn't surprise me. One and three wouldn't surprise me. The only thing that would surprise me is zero and four. And honestly, I don't even know how much that would surprise me. <laughs> wow, um, that's tough. That that that's tough. Um, uh, voicemail. Yes, I'm a Detroit Lions fan, 44 years of misery. I mean, it's I just don't know where to begin with this team. It's just deplorable, horrendous. Just 44 years of frustrations, man. My name is Dexter Davis, and uh, I'm just so tired of this damn team, man. It's just ridiculous. I still love them. Honolulu Blue. But these lines are just, I mean, there ain't words enough to to even explain this damn team. And I'm out. Man, that's my brother. My brother, man. I mean, I, I feel your pain, man. Like, well, as he was talking, man, I felt, I felt everything. Just relatable. Like, it doesn't. I don't think it matters if you've been a fan for one year or forty-four years, like he mentioned. Like you just, re- you just relate. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I mean, forty-four years to. <sighs> man, that's tough. Yeah, yeah, man. You know what? Um, Dexter, I'm gonna say, man. Um, don't lose hope. Keep, keep cheering. Keep being a fan, man. One day, we'll have our year. One year, man. Trust me, bro. Hopefully. All right. Let's go to the next voicemail. Uh, voicemail. I want to ask you guys a quick question. Are you more confident in a Lions offense in under two minutes when pressure is on, a game is on the line, we need to score before halftime, or are you more confident in a Lions offense at any other time of the game, just any other regular time of the game? I think, and my answer has always been, I am 50% more confident in a Lions offense that is under pressure. And pressure brings out aggression, obviously. And I think that's what we lack. Honestly, as a team, I think we lack aggression. We gotta take those shots. We gotta, we gotta throw deep. We gotta, we gotta play like we mean it. Cause we've just been holding back for too long. This, this team, I, I'm 20, 24 years old. And ever since I've grown up being a Lions fan, we have always sucked. And, you know, that may be due to the owner, Martha Ford. Um, but uh, honestly, I think this team lacks aggression. Um, and that obviously is held in the coaching staff and what we tell our players to do. And honestly, I'm almost embarrassed as a Lions fan for Matthew Stafford because he is such a good quarterback. I, I'm embarrassed 
for the Lions organization. Because if he if he was given um, a spotlight to play in on a good team, I think he would be recognized as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So I'm almost embarrassed to keep that from him, the Lions keeping that from him, because I think he is an elite quarterback. Um, but mostly I think we just like that aggression. I think we need a, a young coach, a young, hungry coach who, who wants to win. And obviously every coach wants to win, but – we got to put our money where the mouth where our mouth is, you know. And um, that also is with Martha Ford and you know Jeff Bezos. I know said came out and said that he'd be maybe interested in purchasing the Lions, and that is would be a huge. I mean, just imagine if we had a young, entrepreneurship minded, hungry, aggressive guy as an owner with all that money he can pour in. You know, sometimes you just need to put put your personal um, personal gain aside and think what's best for the team. And I think Martha Ford, if she was thinking what's best for the team, she would have sold years ago because this team needs change. Um, and that's just my opinion. Thank you. All right. Well, there's a lot to digest in that question. Um, yeah. Well, the first, first question. The first well, one. Yeah. Yeah, first, first, um, I don't think Martha Ford has much with the team no more. It's, 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 it's Sheila. Yeah, same shit, but yeah. It's, it's same shit. <laughs> <laughs> They're Fords. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. To answer his first question about the hurry-up offense and, like, the tempo offense, do you trust the two-minute drive rather than, you know, the majority of the game? And that's a my answer is yes. But you got to put in circumstances, and this is just football in general. A two-minute defense is way different than a defense during the game. I mean, they're going to just be playing high, prevent defense, just, you know, giving them any, essentially any yards you want. Just don't get in field goal range or don't get in the end zone. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you saw, I mean, I don't know what the hell the play call was, but there was a two-man rush by the Colts when the Lions got in field goal range and the half. A two-man yeah. rush. So, yeah, they just dropped everybody in coverage. Yeah, so, I mean, that's just usually how it is. Like, it's completely different. So when people use that argument, like, you know, take it for what it is. It's not, that's not the type of defense you're going to be getting all game. So yeah. uh, to answer that question, then the second question about the Fords, yeah, it's just not happening, dude. Um, you said Martha Ford. Yeah, like you mentioned, it is Sheila Ford. And I don't know how long Sheila Ford has really been having a say on this. It's been longer than just this year. But... Yeah, it's it's the Ford family. It's not happening anytime soon. It's a, I mean, would it be something if a guy like Jeff Bezos or like any other entrepreneur stepped in and bought this team? Like, yeah, but I mean, it's just not realistic at this point. It's probably never happened in our lifetime, and that's just the reality of it. Because like you think about it in a business standpoint, like I know we're a football podcast and this has nothing to do with business, but like from a business standpoint, like. Why would they sell it? They're making tons of money off this team. I mean, it just it doesn't make really much sense to me. I mean, they're billionaires, so from a business standpoint, it doesn't really make much sense. And then, you know, from a pride standpoint, I mean, like, who wouldn't want to be the owner to be, you know, to flip the lines around? So it's just not happening. It's just not even worth mentioning or worth talking about because it'll never happen. And as you said before... There's too many of them. There's too many Fords. There's too many of them, dude. I mean, 
I mean, like you had uh, you had William, then you had Martha, then Sheila, then I mean, it's gonna be her brother, and then it's gonna be that brother, and that's sister, and then the kids, and then this kid. There's just a million of it. It's like eventually, like, could they just adopt me or something? Like I don't know, man. There's a million for it. Like it's never gonna end. Yeah, it's tough, man. Uh, let's go to the next voicemail. Uh, voicemail. At this point, I don't even know what to do. Oh, I'm Steven from Detroit, by the way. But at this point, I don't even know what to do. Like, I'm so tired of this team. Like, I'm so tired of getting my hopes up. I'm so tired of getting my feelings hurt. I'm so tired. Like, I'm so tired. Like, Stafford's my guy. I love him to death. I think he's the greatest quarterback to ever happen to us for us. Like, I really believe in him. But I'm so tired of this. Oh, it's the end of the half. Let me start playing like I'm the, the greatest thing ever. Play like that the whole game, dog. Come on, man. Something. Stop running it on first down. Everybody knows we want to run it on first down. Stop that. Come on, something. Our receivers aren't getting any separation. Like, this season can't go any worse. Like, we have not won a home game yet. Where, what are we doing? We should have fired Patricia on the bye week, and at least then we could have built something with a new coach going into the offseason. But now we have to waste a whole offseason finding a new coach, new coordinators. Stafford's probably going to be gone. This whole team's going to be blown up. I can see it now. We're probably going to lose the franchise anyway because the way things are going in Detroit, I don't think the franchise is going to be there much longer anyway. Is it just me or, or am I just being really, really negative about this whole situation because I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of being a loser. I'm tired of supporting a loser. Like, I don't want to leave this team. I really don't. I'm not going to. But this is crazy. The frustration is understandable and yeah. every right to be. Um, your point of moving the team, I don't see that happening, at least not in any time soon. There's nothing heating up towards that ever happening. But frustration with the team, you know, and what's next for the team, yeah, I mean, it's all in the air right now. You don't know what's going to happen. It really matters on how this season ends. If this season goes south and, you know, ownership fires the front office and they fire the coaching staff, I think your reality entering rebuild. If, 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 if they somehow could flip it around, and I'm not telling you to buy into this because I'm not in there either. So I'm not selling you on this, but... If they flip it around, then maybe we could build and build off something. But no, I feel you, man. It's tough. It's difficult. I'm, we're never going to leave this team. I mean, they're our team for life. You know, it's just something that, I don't know, I guess we grew into. Even Malcolm, not even from here, but, you know, he was just, you know, he was younger, like the team. So it's a team we're never going to leave. But no, the frustration is very understandable. And, like, I think everybody's had a tipping point uh, at least at least once with this team and just where you're like, man, like, why am I a team? You know, why am I a fan of this team? You actually had that. It was after week four, you're like, why? <laughs> why did I choose the Lions? Yeah. Like, everyone always just questions themselves, like, at some point during their Lions fandom. And it's totally understandable. And it, it's definitely happened more than one time. I just was being nice and said if it happened at least once. What I, what I would say is as far as um, firing Patricia at the bye week, I don't know if they could. I don't think they could have did that because the way the schedule was. I mean, they were looking at the schedule and they were saying. I think they they saw it. They're like, "This is too juicy of a schedule to start with a brand new coach." I don't yeah. think they. I don't think that would have been the right move. Just write out the schedule because it's a very favorable schedule. 
Let's see what happens. You know, if he can't get past this schedule, there's no argument he can use to bring his ass back next year. Yeah. Yeah, if he can't get past this schedule. So what what what's your saying that like making the playoffs by getting past the schedule or like what yeah, does he yeah. have to do? So make I the think, play- I, I, I think man at, at least contend for a division. He could do that. I mean, right now they're right in there. They're two games behind. And with the schedule, they should be able to get to the playoffs. Okay. So that's like that's the expectation. They, they that should be all, that ownership yeah, my, my, have for these guys. Yeah, my expectation for this team is getting to the playoffs. You know, just getting to the playoffs. If they lose round one, you know, it is what it is. But my expectation for the team is getting to the playoffs. I agree. I mean that's for this year. For this year. Fair, that's a fair And then and then next year next year if they you know they get to the playoffs, maybe next year will be to win the game, playoff game. Or, or get to the NFC championships. Win a division. Do something, you know. I'm okay with taking baby steps. You know, last year people forget we were three twelve and one last year. I mean, I wasn't expecting us to go from three twelve and one to a damn Super Bowl team or to destroy the whole NFC um, the, the NFC, you know. So we could at least get go from three twelve and one to a playoff team. It's you know, it's doable. But I don't know if he can't get past the schedule. It's just, it's just a wrap. It's not worth it. And then, exactly. I mean, I you know me, but I've been checked out about about Matt Patricia for a while. It's been a full calendar year now. So yeah, and right now I'm checking out from Bevel, man. Fucking Bevel, man. Like I want to believe in him, but like it's just getting difficult. Yeah. Let's go to the next voicemail. Uh, voicemail. So I have a concern about the Lions, though. So here's the problem: is that if we just keep like winning. This means that Matt Patricia is just going to stay because at this point we're three and four right now. And this is probably the best that Martha Ford in her little coup is going to do at this point. So Matt Patricia is not going anywhere if we just keep staying mediocre. Thank you. So to answer that question, and I I, kind of see what he's meaning because Matt Patricia is kind of looking at best, like at best, like a knockoff Jim Caldwell, essentially at best. Like, that's at best <laughs> a knockoff Jim Caldwell because he's just not proven to be consistent good te- uh, good teams at a consistent level. So um, if they get through the schedule, let's say these next four games, and let's say they go into December and actually look good and, like, you know, find a way to win some of these games. Not saying win every game, but if they find a way to win a couple of these games, then maybe you have a different narrative on Matt Patricia. Because right now I'm with you. The narrative for Matt Patricia should be like that. You don't want this guy going into next year from what you've seen so far because he's shown you essentially zero things for you to you know be satisfied with him. But I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and let him finish the way out and see how he finishes it. Right now, I'm with you. You don't want this guy next year being your head coach. But, I mean, he's shown he could adjust in these last two weeks. So if he could do it at these four games – and then do it against a couple good teams in December, the narrative starts to change a little bit for him. But as of right now, I agree. He should not be your head coach going to 2021. Yeah. I think right now, I think uh, uh, I think our offense is holding us back. It's Bevel right now, man. Yeah. I think I think Patricia did what he did, could possibly do with this defense. I mean, I guess, it, do you consider this his guys? Because, I mean, I'm, I don't know. Is this, is this all his guys right now? Or I mean, this is his guys. I mean, what else could he ask for? I mean, there's only one guy from 2018 that is a starter on this defense. That's Tracy Walker. Yeah, I mean. When he took over. I mean, if, if he had more different different talent, they would be much better. But I think from what the guys he have, 
I think he's maximizing their potential. I mean, right like, there. what else could he ask for? He had a top three draft pick. He had all the cap in the room to do whatever the hell he wanted for two years. I mean, like, these are his guys, dude. Like, I can't use that excuse against him and Bobby. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just wish he had, like, a speedy edge rusher. You know, I mean, guy these that, are his, but these are his decisions, though. Like, he could have it is, know, went it is. out. And he, so, wanted, he wanted big guys to contain the edge. They're doing good right now as far as containing the edge right now and stopping the run. They're doing good. And it, it makes sense from what they were saying is that, look, we're not – we're not stopping the run. So when we're not stopping the run, you know, teams are whatever do are able to do whatever they want against us. And as we saw these these past couple of weeks, as they're stopping the run, they are able to put more pressure on the quarterback. They got their pass rush form, uh, formation package that they that they bring out there. So yeah, man, I think I think right now, just I think it's our, our offense that's holding us holding us back right now. Hopefully, the offense can get it together. Um, let's go to the next voicemail. Voicemail. Stop running it up the middle with Adrian Peterson, please. And that's it, shit, and, man. And that's, and that's facts. That that that's facts, man. I agree with you, man. I think that's that's so dumb that they do it every single time. First down. I get it. Sometimes that they do break for seven yards. Sometimes, sometimes it happens. He he finds a hole. He gets seven yards. But god damn it, you don't have to do it every first down, man. Mm-hmm. Shit, do do a screen with him or something. I I don't know, but every first down doesn't need to be an Adrian Peterson running a gap. Yeah. I agree. It's fucking bevel. Voicemail. Hey, how's it going, guys? Um, just want to say thanks again for the amazing podcast. Uh, I called last weekend um, after that one against Atlanta, but I wanted to wait until Monday, let my um, emotions settle in order to uh, fully give a uh, like in-depth analyst or analyze this game. Daryl Bevel is, I don't know, he's just not running the same things that he was running last year. Like, the deep shots that we had to Marvin Hall all last year for 30, 40, 50, 60, whatever yards were there. And then this year, it's just Marvin Hall sitting on the bench. Um, Jamal Agnew, why did you keep Jamal Agnew? There's, there's just no point to keep Jamal Agnew if you're going to give him the ball four times. The entire year. You should have kept Huntley, or you should have just... I have no idea. It's just not smart. Um, I, I don't even know. This team just frustrates me. And just the constant running with Adrian Peterson on first freaking down it is just so goddamn stupid. Stop giving the ball to Adrian Peterson. I'm sorry. I love the guy. He's a Hall of Famer. You have DeAndre Swift for a reason. Um, yeah, that that's all I got. Um, what do we got? Minnesota next week. Let's, let's just hope we can get a win there and turn this thing around. Thanks again, guys. Bye. Yeah. Now, now that's how you end the call with some positivity. I love it. I love it. It's pretty spot on, though. He is. He's, he that, he's spot on. Spot on with that. Yeah, Adrian Adrian Peterson, fucking Bevel, man. How many times I said this is episode? Should I like title this fucking bevel? Like, just I mean, we should maybe like if this like, is like a YouTube video, we could actually see like a like a visual. I think we should have like a a counter. A counter? <laughs> like, like goddamn put, man, put, put a little noise every time you say it. <laughs> goddamn fucking bevel man. <laughs> like he is destroying single handedly destroying this team. Like I honestly don't know what's worse, him or Jim Bob Cooter, uh, this year. 
Like, I, I don't know. Like, it's been awful. It's been awful. And he only looks good when they're being aggressive, when they need, when they have he to put up points, when he, he has, has to do it. But come on, man. Stop. I mean, don't, don't run Adrian Peterson on first down. Like, don't have Adrian Peterson there on first down. Like, why, why is he swift at 35? Why, why, why did Peterson even there on first down? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man, how many calls do we get? <laughs> it's getting like, right. depressing at the same time now. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go to the next call of voicemail. What's up, fellas? This time, I know we uh just took this L versus the coach, but I still feel optimistic about the squad. We had a bad game offensively. We didn't pick up the rush well at all. We struggled up front with they with their D line and their and their stunting. But once we uh once we calmed down, we made the adjustments. We started moving Stafford around. We started moving. And if anybody know anybody that plays defense knows that it's hard to be on on to play defense and be out there that many snaps. But I think if Bevel can you know, pick his head up and, and mix up the play calling. We should be straight. Uh, I'm re- I still believe, you know, after after uh, after Thanksgiving, that show that's four games. We should be seven and four after Thanksgiving, and then we got the Bears. Beat the Bears eight and four. Uh, I'm still optimistic that we can make it to ten and six at least ten and six. So hopefully that's enough. Uh, love you guys. Love listening to you guys. Very informational. Thanks. I'm out. Yeah, and like I mentioned, these next four games are key. And I told you, I could see any situation in these next four games. And you were from 4-0 to 0-4. So it's going to be a big four-game stretch. And if they yeah. can get through this four-game stretch at a high level, I think at a above 500, because 500 is not going to cut it for me. 2-2 two two is not going to be good enough. So it has to be an above 500 record. And what they do after that, yeah, at least been on three and one, four and zero. Oh, they should be able to sweep this these next four games. But um, yeah, man, I agree with you, man. I, I agree with everything he said, man. Appreciate the support, though. Yes, sir, man. Yeah, definitely. Um, thank you for the support. And we're down to the very last call. Very last call. This this is the most voicemails we had in a while, man. We spent more time on the voicemail than the actual episode. Yes, sir, man. You know what? <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it, man. We we enjoy it. I know you guys enjoy it. Let's get to the very last voicemail. Voicemail. Hey, guys. Love the podcast. Probably one of your younger fans here. I'm 15. Um, Yeah, I'll just get right into it. Um, I was super confident about the Lions last week. I was like, oh, maybe we're back. Maybe we can finally rip some off. And this week was just so disappointing. I've been seeing a lot of trade talk about maybe Stephon Gilmore to the Lions, and I honestly hate that trade. I think it's stupid to give up a second or even higher for a guy that's only aging, especially when Okuda's playing better. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on that trade? Again, love the podcast. Thank you. I like the trade deadline question because we were actually thinking about doing a trade deadline podcast. That's too late now. The deadline will already be almost done. We'll see what happens because this is released on Tuesday and the deadline's on Tuesday, so we'll see what ends up happening. Um, this is recording on Monday night, so we don't, you know, we, there's not really much out there. But this Stephon Gilmore thing, I agree, man, makes not that much sense for Lions. Yeah, I mean, you have, you, I love right now, you have 
Amani Awari playing at a good level. Jeff Okuda is just getting better every single week. You drafted him at number three. You have Desmond Trufant still injured, but looking like he could return as soon as Minnesota. So you have the depth at the position. So I agree, man. Treating a top three pick is just not worth it for the Lions to get a guy like Stephon Gilmore. It makes zero sense to me. I don't think there's really any trade out there for the Lions. I'd be willing to trade for a first, second, or third round pick. That's just me personally. I don't think there's anyone on the market that's really that much worth it. But no, Stephon Gilmore, no. Yeah. I agree. And on top of that, he's not going to play guys to the elite level this year. Yeah. This year he's been struggling a lot. He's been struggling a lot. So not 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 taking a knock on him, but I'm fine with our young talent. I mean, you know, I don't like getting older. I like getting younger. I mean, if that's the if that was the case, you should have just paid Darius Slay at that point. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, no, absolutely not. I think what we do need though, what position do you think we need though? Uh, if they do make a trade, what will make you happy? Like um, I'm with that. I don't really look at a situation where, like, I don't think we need need a position. Like, I think anything at this point is just help. Like, I think another defensive tackle would be nice help. Like, just nice depth on the defensive line. Maybe a guy that can get to the quarterback a little bit more often, get some pressure. That'd be nice. Other than that, like, I don't know what else is out there that you're going to really get. You know, maybe you uh, accumulate another wide receiver. But, like, even that, I don't think we really need that. Like, I think Marvin Jones is okay. Uh, Danny Mandola has been okay this year. I mean, yeah, I guess Galladay's out for the next couple weeks, potentially. So maybe, but like, I don't know. I'm not really looking at any position saying like, oh, I want or I need this position. Only one I could think of is maybe another front seven player, someone like another defensive tackle, just a guy that maybe can get to the quarterback a little more often. Mm. But that's just me. Like, I'm not saying I'm not dying for that, but like, it'd be nice, right? Yeah, of course. If you, yeah. if you, if you, if you can mm. get, like, a nice, like, seventh-round pick for, like, I'm trying to think it was even out there, but, like, I don't know, like, a okay pass rusher for, like, a seventh or sixth-round pick, like, I don't, I wouldn't be disappointed with that. Yeah, me neither. So. I don't, I, I don't know. I feel like we, we do need some type of wide receiver help, too. Yeah, I mean, that could happen, especially with Galladay, for sure, being out versus Minnesota, and then. You know, we'll see what it ends up. Unless, unless Marvin Hall balls out, man, and we we'll get we we'll get to see a little bit more of Quintus Cephas too. Quintus Cephas, uh, I'll tell you this: play week one, and he had ten targets that game. Yeah, he had ten targets. Now Double he was drops, having right. He had a lot of drops, but what what showed me from that game is that he was getting open. Mm-hmm. So at least he was getting open, and Stafford was making the throw. So hopefully he comes in there and he makes the best out of these targets. If if he does get another. 10 target game. I mean, if he's getting open, he's seeing a catch a goddamn ball. Yeah, we've yet to really seen him since week one. So we'll see how he's developed, you know, on the practice, not on the practice squad, but like in practices and just see how he's developed in that time span. Because like we mentioned, you know, this is half a year and, you know, wide receivers could blossom. I mean, just yeah. look at our guy right now that's not on the lines anymore, but Travis Fogum in Philly. Just look at him blossom right now in Philly. Yeah. And yeah. actually, I just want to point out, we were the only guy that saw this happening. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did say that, you know, we if we keep Phil Goldman and Cephas, if, if, yeah. if one of them is playing at a higher level, you know, maybe we could, That'd you know, get some, get some pieces for Marvin and add on and just call it a day. But I mean, yeah, we're looking at hindsight right now. We're seeing how he's blossoming in Philly. So it's a lot easier said than done. But Good for him, I, man. 
how nice would that have been if he was on Detroit right now? <laughs> and he was playing at this level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, good for him, man. I'm, I'm yeah, happy. No, it is good for him. Like, I'm not gonna like bash it, but it's just. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, we should have kept him. I mean, no, that's I what I'm saying. Like, you just, <laughs> like, I, like, 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 be honest. I didn't really see this happening. Yeah, like, be honest. How many people saw Travis Fulgham become the receiver that he is right now? I mean, how many people would have been pissed going into the year if they cut Jamal Agnew for him? You know, a lot of people would have been pissed. Yeah. Yeah, but like, oh, we cut an all-pro kick returner for Travis Fulgham. Travis Fulgham? Like yeah. he, because he probably wouldn't have been even playing right now. I mean, he yeah. might have played the first two weeks because of Galladay. Other than that, like he'd just be like Quintez Cephas essentially. Yeah, I, I think him and Quintez Cephas are very, 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 very similar. That's why I was shocked when they drafted Cephas because I yeah. saw them too and I was like, damn, they're like a mirror of each other. A little like, bit. I, th- I think Fulgham is a little similar to Galladay. You see him in his play style, a little like same height and same frame. Quintez Cephas is a little smaller. Could play maybe the slot. I think they're both six like one. Are they? Yeah, I think they're both six one. Seafish just reminds me of like a little like play smaller. He plays like a slot receiver. He could be a big slot guy. Because he's or, a shifty, shifty guy, that's why. Yeah, or he could be a guy that can line up outside and be a physical receiver. I mean, that's something we'll see what they use. I mean, right now it looks like they'll probably use him on the outside, and that's what they did week one. Yeah, yeah, they're both six one. So he just got to do what he do, and I think I think I think Seafish could, could could be big for us, but we got to see, man. I just just got to see. All right, guys, that is a wrap for this episode of the Pride Podcast. Hope you guys all enjoyed this little more uh, in-depth episode of having more voicemails. So we said we were going to cover all of them. We said on Mondays. Every Mondays yep. we're going to cover every voicemail. Every, every Monday. I mean, we all leave me 300 voicemails. Shit. Well, that, might be, a, that might be a couple episodes at that point. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll break them in that different episode, but we'll get you guys on the air. You know, we'll leave the voicemails. Yeah. We appreciate all calls. And we appreciate all calls, man. And Thank you guys so much. Man. All the support, man. Ooh. You get a lot of shout outs. It's nice. And I, I just want to give, yeah, definitely want to give a shout out to because um, uh, us as a pod, I mean, a lot of people don't know, we, we hit a milestone um, last month. We had the most um, downloads ever in a in whole month span. Month, month span. So I just want to give a big shout out to everybody, man. Thank you so much for that. I mean, it was, it was huge numbers. So we're just we're just excited and just want to give a big thank you to everybody, man. Thank you, thank you. All right, guys. On that note, we're out. Peace. All right, y'all. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.